You are locked on Cougars. Welcome in to a Friday edition of the show. Coming to you a little bit later on a Friday, but nonetheless, plenty to get to ahead on today's show. Previewing a big showdown for BYU basketball. Maybe the showdown the rest of the way for the Cougar Cagers as they head to St. Mary's and Moraga tomorrow night. We'll also get to another position preview ahead of BYU Spring Ball and obviously get you ready for the weekend ahead in BYU Sports and also a couple of things on the college football front. Uh, The college football playoff deciding to stand pat surprising but also not surprising at the same time we'll touch on all of those topics ahead on today's show so without further ado let's dive on in this is the locked on cougars podcast for february 18th 2022 you are locked on cougars your daily podcast on the byu cougars part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. I am the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning and my day job. And more importantly, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing fantastic out there. This is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Coming to you a little bit later on a Friday, that technical glitch that uh, stopped me from getting my Thursday edition out until midday. Well, as is the case with seemingly everything you think is going to be fixed in short order, it is carried over to today. So apologies that this is coming out later on a Friday, but nonetheless, still plenty to talk about on today's show. And let's start off with some interesting news on the BYU football front, and that is how things stand for BYU going into 2023 and how the schedule is going to lay out. We got a report from Arkansas yesterday saying that the game against the Razorbacks schedule for 2023 has been moved up a week from September 23rd to September 16th. Now, this may seem innocuous. You're like, well, Jake, they moved it up a week. Big freaking deal. The thing about this is that indicates that BYU is keeping the game against Arkansas on that schedule. And they also do have a home game, a return game of that game that BYU played in Tennessee a few years back. Well, the return date on that Tennessee game is scheduled for September 2nd, 2023. So as currently constituted, that means the BYU currently has two SEC teams, one away and one on the road. They'd be going to Arkansas, to Fayetteville, to DWR Razorback Stadium to play uh, those two games as part of their non-conference schedule. Now, if the Big 12 decides to stick with a nine-game conference schedule as they have been dealing with currently, that means BYU will only have one other game to schedule during the 2023 campaign. I said this on Twitter yesterday. If any of you are longtime listeners and regular listeners, you know my take on this. I believe that BYU should stop playing FCS games. I know that Alabama plays them. I know that the big dogs play them. There are only three schools in all of college football. Those would be Notre Dame, UCLA, and USC, so far as I know, and I'm pretty knowledgeable on this, that have never played an FCS opponent. I think they are a waste of everybody's time. And I know that the FCS teams, they look at it as an opportunity to go in there and live the dream that Appalachian State has had and some of these other FCS programs where they get the shocking upset and they also collect a payday for their athletic department. I get all that. I am of the opinion that based on how BYU is going about scheduling with their independent schedules, they have enough games against both G5 and Power 5 opponents that they do not need an FCS opponent. I know why you put an FCS opponent on the schedule. You put it in there as a pseudo bye week, let you guys heal up. 
let backups get some time to play all that jazz i get all that i just hate them i i i do not like them i think they're a waste of everybody's time i hate covering them and i know i come off strong on that but that's just my personal opinion looking at the 2023 slate for byu if you keep tennessee and arkansas there that means you have two of your non-conference games against sec slash power five opponents i would be of the opinion i know you have southern utah on the schedule there and you can move suu to essentially wherever you want you had them scheduled in mid-november I would be actually in favor of keeping, uh, there's Rice, Fresno, okay, so I'm talking about home games. You're going to try and make this a home game, obviously. You have Rice, UNLV, and Southern Utah as the other home games currently slated to be played in 2023. I would just cross off Southern Utah and say, thanks, but no thanks, move along. That leaves you the choice of playing either UNLV or Rice. As currently uh, looking at both of those programs, both of them very much still in rebuild mode. I think Rice might be a little further along under Coach Holmgren, I believe is his name down there at Rice uh, than UNLV would. UNLV is a little more of a regional draw. Obviously, you have some history with Rice going back to that super bloated whack in the mid-1990s. I'd say you keep one of those two games, move them into whether that's the September 9th slot or you play a conference game that week and then keep Rice potentially on September 29th or, hell, keep UNLV in mid uh, early November. I think that you should go with the non-conference philosophy of playing as many big name opponents as you possibly can be the team that zigs when everybody zags or zags when everybody zigs do something different follow usc ucla notre dame's lead and stop playing fcs games i think that you will get more respect for the fact that you don't play these fcs games you're not taking a quote-unquote week off I know it's probably pie in the sky and I don't expect BYU to follow my uh, hopes and dreams and my aspirations for this, but that's just my personal opinion on the matter. I think you've got enough games scheduled and trust me, you could take there are games on the schedule at Fresno State, at UCF, at USC. That's probably gone because USC was doing it because of the Notre Dame deal. You also have a road game at Utah State. If you want to play two non-conference road games, you could keep the Utah State rivalry alive and play that up there in Logan if you want, but regardless, I think you have enough games on the schedule at, at BYU with the non-conference scheduling because of all the independent scheduling you did. Yes, it would require some maneuvering, some renegotiation of contracts, moving games way out into the distance. But if you're going to have three or four non-conference games, I would keep all, as well, not all, as many of the games as you had scheduled as an independent and play all of your games against either G5 or Power 5 opposition. That's just me. Now, like I said, I that's pie in the sky thought process, and I, BYU I fully expect to actually probably keep Southern Utah in 2023 if they do keep Tennessee and Arkansas on that slate. But what do you know? I, I oh, but I'm an idiot. I just realized this. UCF's going to be a road is going to be a, a is going to be a Big 12 game. I am a dummy. My apologies for that. I probably should have picked up on that earlier. But hey, this is why we do podcasting and I record it. I'm still going to leave it in here live. I'm not going to clip that out. But nonetheless, I think that I would be all in favor of never playing an FCS opponent again as BYU. If a new chance is a new member of the Power Five in 2023 to start a new era of BYU football, and I think that new era should not include FCS games. Unless you find yourself in dire straits a year where an opponent pulls out of the contract you need on short notice, then in that circumstance, you probably would opt for it, but even then, you probably could find another G5 opponent, I would imagine, who would be willing to play that game, but you never know. I just, I, I look at it as BYU probably, not probably, they should consider this that's just me all right uh i also meant meant to get to more of the um 
college, uh, not the college football playoff. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Uh, we can talk about college football playoff for a moment. Uh, the news coming out that the college football playoff is going to stand pat at four teams until at least 2026. It's disheartening. It bugs me. Uh, they are leaving literally hundreds of millions of dollars on the table. It, it's very clearly delineated. Had they decided to expand the the playoff as soon as possible, $500 million some told a sum of money there for BYU and the rest of the Power Five. The fact that they're leaving that money on the table just is bizarre to me. But nonetheless, that's how things stand right now. And we'll see what ultimately happens with this. But the 12-team playoff is the one I still favor. Six-team, if you need to pare it down a little bit, is probably my next one. I don't want to see eight necessarily. Eight, I know, is... is easy because it's eight and you go right down to two that way the 12 team one is intriguing to me and that's what i want to see and apparently i'm not alone in this bob bullsby joined uh, byu sports nation earlier today i'm going to play a clip from that interview i would encourage you guys if you did not hear it live to go listen to the entirety of the conversation but here is bob bullsby speaking on his thoughts on the college football playoff deciding to stand pat at least through the 2026 campaign well, I was a part of uh, the decision, so I have to take some of the responsibility for it. Uh, I actually believe that uh, the move to 12 was um, was altogether appropriate. Uh, it was good for us competitively. It was good for us financially. And we expected that we might be able to do that in the years 11 and 12. And, and uh, I'm disappointed that we haven't been able to do that. Um, there are those who think that uh, this sort of major change uh, is ill-timed because of all all the other challenges we're facing in intercollegiate athletics. Uh, I happen to believe that uh, we are not looking at a period of calm water anytime in the near future. And the fact is, uh, when the playoff gets over in year 12, uh, the 25-26 season, uh, 26 championship game, uh, we're going to have to make these decisions. And so, in some ways, we've kicked the can down the road, and, and I'm disappointed at that because I thought there were some opportunities. So, I, I'm, I'm I'm not happy with the way it's turned out, but, uh, you know, we we manage the playoff by unanimous consent and that comes with its burdens. And so uh, we will we will continue to forge ahead. And and I I continue to believe that 12 is the right format. Uh, I think it it creates the right sense of opportunity for everybody that's playing college football. Uh, I think it's also good for the Big 12 conference. And so um, I I am going to continue to push in that direction. There you have it, Bob Bowlesby. He wants to see 12 teams, so does Jay Catch, and I'm in lockstep with him there. I'm sustaining the 12. I know some people out there on Twitter are having fun with that, but nonetheless, uh, we'll see. But I think BYU football, the good news is they're in the Power Five. That is what we've dreamed of as BYU fans and media alike. I've always wanted BYU to be a Power Five team and cover that level of football. I'm very much looking forward to it. And we're looking forward uh, to maybe at some point having an opportunity for BYU to actually make the college football playoff because currently in the four-team alignment, I don't see BYU ever making it. That may be me just being cynical about that, but I just don't see it. So coming up next, we'll talk some BYU basketball, a huge showdown, maybe the showdown remaining on BYU schedule at St. Mary's. They're headed to Moraga. We'll break down that game, preview it a little bit. We'll get to all of that in just a second. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, my friends, but basketball is in full steam ahead mode for both pro and college troops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to 
to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Bet on, Bet Online, excuse me, remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to Olympic coverage in the final days of the Beijing Games, and information on all of those aforementioned sports. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at BetOnline.net. It's all courtesy of your friends at BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate you guys' continued support of this venture. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And yes, YouTube is on the way. It's taken a little bit longer than originally anticipated because we anticipated starting it this week. But you know what? Soon enough, you'll be able to look at my lovely face if you want to listen to the podcast that way. All right, let's talk about BYU basketball for a moment here. A huge showdown tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Mountain Time for the Cougars as they head to St. Mary's. This is a game that may make or break BYU's NCAA tournament chances. In fact, I think it is the game that makes or breaks BYU's NCAA tournament chances. You win at St. Mary's, you are going to the big dance. You lose? Well... Yeah, you're probably playing the NIT if you want to play postseason basketball. I know that sounds way too over the top, maybe, but I truly believe you win at St. Mary's, you're in, and if not, you're likely on the bubble going into Selection Sunday, and if a bid thief pops up here or there, suddenly you're on the outside looking in. And the very uh, best, in my opinion, you're in a playing game. You're doing what you did last year. You're playing in the very first game. It wasn't a playing game last year. I apologize. They were not a playing game last year, but regardless, you're in the play-in game in Dayton and then having to play a game quick turnaround. We all know that UCLA made the run out of that spot last year, beating BYU in the process, but still, you don't want to do that. And just where it looks like for BYU right now. And it's disappointing because I look at the Cougars and think, okay, what they did against St. Mary's in Provo, can they recreate that? Well, you need Fouche Traore. And it is my opinion, I'm recording this on Friday afternoon, I don't think he plays against St. Mary's. And I think without him, you are asking way too much of Caleb Lohner and Tiki Aliatiki. Seneca Knight, whoever else you're going to put in that front court to hold up against Matthias Tass, uh, Tommy Coos, Logan Johnson, Alec Duca, Dan Fotu, just everything that St. Mary's can do because this is a rough and tumble St. Mary's team. Uh, Tim Lacombe was on with DJ and PK earlier this week and said that they might as well just hand out football helmets and football pads when BYU and St. Mary's square off. And in some cases, I think he's right. This is a setup for BYU that, uh, man. I'm scared. I'm, I'm frankly scared. Uh, Matthias Tass is the leading scorer with 12.6 points per game, 6.1 uh, rebounds on the season. He's just an absolute load in the middle. He's going to make life miserable for a guy like Atiki Ali Atiki. He's 6'10", 245 pounds. He's from Tallinn, Estonia. And uh, Atiki Ali Atiki is coming along, but he might be your only literal big man that is available in this game. You're going to ask Caleb Lohner to maybe play some small ball center. I'm Seneca Knight to play the four. This is shaping up as, wow, you're going to have to have Alex Barcelo maybe do what he did at uh, Pepperdine and go off for 30, maybe 40 points if BYU wants to win this game. 40 points would be absolutely nuts. But Moraga has been a tough place for BYU during the entirety of their membership in the West Coast Conference. There's a lot going against them in this, but if you want to secure your dreams of playing in the NCAA tournament, and trust me, that's what Alex Barcelo has stated multiple times. He said he came back to BYU to advance in the NCAA tournament. The injuries obviously have made major, major 
major impact on BYU's chances and obviously their chances of advancing are very much in question if they do make the NCAA tournament field but you gotta keep the dream alive and you very well may have to go and upset a very very stout St. Mary's team we'll see I I look at this and I'm not saying it's out of the question that BYU can win this game but I'm saying the odds very much appear to be stacked against the Cougars winning this game. Now, on the women's basketball side of things, I want to take a minute here. The women's basketball team ranked number 20 in the country. They got a huge opportunity. It's the final home game of the season. Uh, Kind of in contrast to the men's team here, the men's team is fighting for their NCAA tournament lives. The women's team is just trying to play for seeding at this point. uh, Gonzaga was a very tough matchup in Spokane. BYU fell behind early but rallied to beat uh, the Bulldogs. And I would expect at home, at the Marriott Center, you'd be thinking, okay, we're going to have a big opportunity here to go out there and put on a show in our final home game, senior day, all of that jazz. The women's team is playing for seeding. They're kind of in the opposite spot of this men's team. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm working on my uh, tickets as we speak to go out and watch it. I'm actually planning to take my daughter to watch this game. It's at two o'clock mountain times. So you'd be home in plenty of time to watch the men's team take on St. Mary's. But I think both of these games very much have wins needed on both of them, but for very different circumstances. The women's team, the West Coast Conference is not as highly thought of in the women's game as the men's is, and the men's gets a little bit overlooked, but you've got to go out and win if you want to secure your seating for the women's team and keep it as high as possible. And on the men's side of things, you've simply just got to go out and win if you want to keep your tournament dreams alive. I'm not saying that BYU can't make it to the to the NCAA tournament if they have a nice run in the, in the West Coast Conference tournament, make a run maybe to the tournament final. But the thing is, BYU be seven and six in conference play. You're potentially looking at maybe a five or a six seed in the West Coast Conference Tournament. You might have to win potentially as many as four games to win the West Coast Conference Tournament. You have to win three games just to make it to the West Coast Conference Tournament final. Uh, I, for one, am not saying that BYU is incapable of doing that, but wow. What a difference this would look like. BYU, they take a lot of help. They could win the second seed if they win this game over St. Mary's. There's a lot on the line for the men's team. It just... It, it, without Fush Traore, man, you're really pedaling uphill. And it's a very steep hill. But never say never. I, I thought BYU, there's no chance they were going to go to Gonzaga when Gonzaga was 29-0 and win that game. What do they do? They beat Gonzaga. Different teams, different circumstances, different injuries, all of that. But still... Never say never, even if the odds look pretty lopsided against you. All right, coming up here in just a moment, uh, I plan to, you know, actually do a preview of uh, spring ball, do a position group preview, but today's podcast has kind of taken uh, a lot of that out of it. So we're going to finish up today's show with a look at the other BYU sports news. You guys know how we do in the final stanza of the show. We talk about what's going on in BYU sports and a busy weekend ahead. We'll talk about all that. It's opening day for BYU men's baseball uh, down there in Florida. Uh, We'll be checking. I'm recording this. They should be wrapping up. So maybe I'll have a final score for you here in just a moment. I'll look that up as we take a short time out. But first, let's take a minute and talk about our friends over at Built Bar. We've talked a lot about Built Bar over the past couple of years as they've been a sponsor here. But this is the time of year that pretty much all of us, myself included, have given up on our New Year's resolutions. I've actually stuck with one. I can promise you that. But not this year. I am sticking to my resolution to eat right. And you should too. Thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because you actually should enjoy eating them. The best part about Built Bar, covering 100% 
100% chocolate. They are the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had. The best part is they have a new, I guess, kind of a bar. I don't know what you call it. They call it a puff. And what it is, it's a protein infused marshmallow. And folks, they are incredible. The banana cream puff flavor tastes like a banana cream pie just with marshmallow flavor. It is nuts how incredible they are. You guys can give those a shot if you uh, have tried Built Bars and decide you want to try something new. Give the puffs a chance. So get to Built.com right now. You can place your order there. As always, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 L-O-C-K-E-D-1 for 15% off your order. You can save some money, but also at the same time, help BYU football via a name, image, and likeness agreement they have with the BYU football team does Built Bars. Once again, promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Get enjoying the best tasting protein bars and puffs courtesy of our friends at Built Bar. As we round things out on this Friday edition of the show, let's catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. We'll get back to our position previews next week. We'll do full shows all week long, even on President's Day. So you can anticipate a show on Monday, even though it is a federal holiday. I I don't like taking days off, really. I, I know that some of you may not listen to the show. You may have to catch up at some point next week, but I completely understand that. All right, let's talk about everything else going on in BYU sports news. The BYU baseball season is underway, and we have a final just going final as I was recording this. The Indiana State Sycamores beating BYU 3-2 to two in their season opener down there in Port Charlotte, Florida. So a tough season opener for BYU. They will be back at it tomorrow with a doubleheader against the Marshall Thundering Herd down there in Port Charlotte. You'll be able to hear it all weekend long. Jason Shepard uh, from BYU Radio will be on the call. I don't believe uh, the games tomorrow are scheduled to be streamed. They weren't streaming today either, which is a bit baffling anymore, but you know, it is what it is, and you, you deal with it, but at the same time, you'd think, okay, somebody put a camera out there, somebody just pull out their iPhone and, you know, stream the game, but nonetheless, it, it is what it is. So, uh, as things stand, a tough loss uh, in the season opener for BYU Baseball. Hopefully, they can bounce back tomorrow against Marshall. The men's golf program continues playing the John A. Burns Intercollegiate out there in Hawaii. We'll full recap for you how that tournament turns out on uh, Monday's edition of the show. Uh, that Marshall uh, doubleheader for baseball, by the way, tomorrow at 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time and then at 4 p.m. Mountain Time. Both games on the BYU Sports Network, BYU Radio 107.9, and also streaming on the BYU Cougars app. All right, other things to note here is the men's and women's track and field teams, they are at the podium for the MPSF Indoor Track and Field Championship meet this weekend. Best of luck to those teams. The men's and women's swimming and diving teams are at the MPSF Championships in their own right. Also, uh, women's softball played at Stanford yesterday, played a doubleheader, took on host Stanford, won that game 4-3, to three, and then down at San Jose State 8-5. to five. So a nice first day for the women's softball team. They're taking on Illinois Chicago today, I believe let's see me double check on that it's our so it's underway as of one o'clock mountain time so depending on when you listen to this it'll be underway uh, you actually can get a live stream link to that on byucougars.com if it is still going by the time you listen to this also men's tennis is in uh, albuquerque new mexico taking on the university of new mexico in a dual match is that what they call those in tennis and then also women's gymnastics in action tonight they are hosting southern utah at the smith field house it'll be live on byu tv at seven o'clock the men's volleyball program, they're in action tonight. They're on the road at Santa Barbara, at UC Santa Barbara, uh, tonight at 8 o'clock Mountain Time. No stream on that one either. Man, what are we doing here? Can we not get a streaming going? I need to figure out a way I can stream BYU Sports, make some money in the process. But, you know, we can make that happen.
happen. Uh, also, tomorrow, uh, the women's softball program will take on Seattle. Uh, that'll be early. It's uh, 11 a.m. Mountain Time. And then they also, I think they have a second game. I don't know. I'm looking at this all wrong. I, I apologize. They have a second game. I know at some point did the women's uh, softball team. But nonetheless, uh, they'll be taking on Seattle tomorrow morning. Also, as I mentioned, uh, women's basketball against Gonzaga at 2 o'clock. That will be live on BYU TV. And then men's basketball on uh, at 8 o'clock against St. Mary's on ESPN2. And then finally, men's volleyball, a second uh, matchup with UC Santa Barbara, 8 o'clock tomorrow night, Mountain Time as well. So there you go. You are now up to speed on everything you need to know about BYU sports this weekend. Hope you guys enjoy the weekend. Weather here along the Wasatch Front looking pretty good for the President's Day. Supposed to have some snow coming in on President's Day potentially, but this time of year we can use any and all snow considering apparently we have been in a mega drought that is the worst in 1,200 years. Yeah, that's the type of history you don't want to be making, but that's kind of how things go. But, you know, in the meantime, in the, uh, use the Greg's, Greg Rebell's thing. In the meantime and in between time, have a great rest of your day. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. It's always fun to be with you guys and hope you guys are having a fantastic weekend no matter what you're doing on this holiday weekend. Now go make Locked On Bets your second listen of the day. Catch up on all the betting news you need to know. Your boy Q as well as Lee Sterling host that show. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Until Monday, have a great weekend. Maybe I'll do a postcast tomorrow night. We'll see. But until whenever, we'll talk to you guys again soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 18th, 2022.